Welcome to the Ruth Speaks podcast, a podcast specifically designed for the seeking believer who understands that the pursuit of God is not about perfection, but rather about strengthening our faith and commitment to the Father. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Keisha Robertson, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. So as usual and in my normal form, I'm always thinking about different things that I can bring to bear in our weekly discussions. And, you know, most recently, I found myself thinking about just the whole general concept on differences. Now, if you listen to the podcast on last week, I talked about the differences between happiness and joy. For today, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about two other topics that I believe grossly impact the walk in life of a believer and if we're not careful with the ability to distinguish and appropriately identify one versus the other, it can actually create a distraction in our general walks with God. So I'm going to start off with just asking the question, do you know the difference between contemplation and manifestation? I am of the opinion that there is a slippery slope defining the difference between the two. And if you aren't careful, what can appear like it is actually forward movement is actually a form of stagnation in and of itself. So I'm going to expound on that in just a few minutes. But first, let me just share a scripture with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, the King James Version tells us that or reads as follows. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Amen. So let's just talk about that scripture for just a minute before I go back to what the question was that I posed to you at the beginning of this podcast. And that is, do you know the difference between contemplation and manifestation? So if we go back and we take a closer look at the scripture itself, the implication in my opinion that the scripture is trying to communicate is that essential to the life of a believer or rather to be a steward of God, right? Is to be found faithful. And so if we take that that statement and we turn it a little and rephrase it, in other words, what I am suggesting or implying is that our success as a servant, as a believer of God, as a follower of Christ, is very much connected to our faith. Now, clearly, I'm not saying anything that those of us who are believers and have a sense or understanding of the word of God, which I know that most, if not all of the people that are listening to this podcast right now do, we already know that undergirding our relationship with God clearly is the fact that we have to possess a level and degree of faith. But I often wonder sometimes how we quantify what that level and degree of faith should look like, number one, and how much effort we put into making sure that we are actively and consistently faithing or practicing our faith in such a way that demonstrates or suggests that we are, in fact, governing ourselves as successful believers, right? It is a requirement as a believer 
that we actively faith and believe in God, that we actively trust and we demonstrate through our words and our actions, this belief, this understanding, and this promise, right? And you know, in many of my podcasts, I have continually gone back to the whole concept of faith and how faith is essential and vital to the relationship that an individual has with God. I will never stop reemphasizing just how much of a role faith plays in that process, in that relationship, in that connection. So if we understand that success is a servant, success is a believer of God, success is a follower of God, of his word, is definitely and demonstratively connected to our faith. When I go back to ask the question, do you know the difference between contemplation versus manifestation? And add into that the necessity of faith in the walk and life of a believer. What is your response? What are you thinking? What are your thoughts there? So, you know, while you're contemplating that, what I just said, I want to start off by talking a little bit more about contemplation itself, right? And giving you, in my opinion, just a general definition of what contemplation is. So in the background, I want you to continually contemplate, how I use the word contemplate, continually think about what I just said a minute ago about the difference between contemplation, manifestation, and how faith is intertwined even in this discussion that we're having right now. The definition of contemplation is the whole idea of being engaged in some level of deep reflective thought. From the outset, one would say that there is absolutely nothing wrong with contemplation, right? You're spending time thinking about next steps. You're spending time trying to understand. You're spending time trying to gather more information, whatever it is that you might be contemplating. You could be contemplating a decision, contemplating a choice. And so you're spending time in this place where you are actively reviewing and thinking about thoughts, maybe even past experiences, maybe even bits of wisdom and knowledge picked up along the way from other people. And you are in the process of contemplating like I oftentimes do, so I'm making this assumption that you're doing it as well, you are beginning to formulate opinions. You're beginning to have thoughts. You're beginning to have ideas, right, that are going to at some point or another impact the next step or choices that you make after you move from this space of contemplating. Now, here to me is where it gets a little slippery. Just to bring back to your remembrance, when I first started the podcast, this episode rather, I made the reference to the fact that what can look like forward movement in one instance is actually a form of stagnation. I was talking about the whole idea of contemplation, and I'm going to tell you why. While you are in this active place of thinking, right, you feel as though you are doing something by thinking about next steps, by contemplating information, by reviewing past experiences, trying to get to a place to where you feel like you have this thought or idea. It can be very easy to stay in this place of contemplation and never move beyond that point. And because it can be very easy to stay in a state of just I'm pondering, I'm thinking, I'm meditating, I'm contemplating, I'm contemplating the words that I'm reading in the scripture, I'm contemplating what I believe I heard God say, I'm contemplating and thinking about how to respond to that. 
it can be very easy to make the assumption that contemplation is an action and contemplation is evidence of doing when in truth and reality, it really isn't. And if you're not careful, contemplation can actually lead to complacency because it's not an action or doing thing. It's a state of processing. But the processing in and of itself, if it's not followed by anything else, it's just that. It remains a state of processing. And so without realizing it, a person can stay in a state of processing for a long time and actually believe that their processing is in some way, shape, form, or fashion evidence of action or doing, when in my opinion, quite frankly, it's not. And I'll tell you why. If you're constantly just in a state of processing, I'm thinking about it, I'm meditating. I think I heard God say this, but I want to spend some time thinking about it. I think this is what the word of God is suggesting, but I want to spend some time thinking about it. If all of that thinking is never followed by anything beyond just the thinking, that really is all it is a place in a state of thinking. And again, like I said before, there's nothing wrong with contemplation. But if we're not careful, contemplation can lead to complacency, which can likewise lead to stagnation. And when we pull back in the reference that I made to faith, right? And how faith is vital to the life of a believer, that faith and success as a believer, they're connected, right? They're they're one and the same. They're interchangeable. So if we are functioning in a state of contemplation without ever moving beyond the thinking part of the process, then where then is the evidence of our faith? And let me give another example. If you believe that God has given you a word, what have you done by way of action to move that along, to evidence your faith by what you're doing? If all you're doing is sitting on what he gave you, if all you're doing is milling it around in your head, if all you're doing is contemplating it, rethinking it, going back to it again, but you don't do anything with it, there's never anything that follows it on your behalf, You've really not done anything with the word, particularly if the word involved some sort of instruction. And I'll take it a step further. Even if the word was just quite frankly a word, the ability even there to maintain the word and to begin to govern yourself accordingly as it relates to what God has told you, even if it has not, here's my other word, manifested itself yet is still doing things and speaking things and saying things that evidence your faith that what he has told you will manifest. So just sitting on it and thinking about it and brooding over it and breaking it apart and putting it back together, that in my opinion is nothing more than just sitting in a space of just thinking and contemplating on it, but not being supported by any other sort of action. So If you're in this space of contemplation and you can acknowledge, you know, I've been contemplating this, thinking about it, but I haven't moved on it. The next stop to me, because again, I'm distinguishing contemplation from manifestation. And again, this is my opinion. The next step to move out of the space of contemplation would be to move into a place of preparation or henceforth action. And the reason why I'm saying preparation to me is more akin to action is because when you're preparing for something, you're actively doing something in anticipation of something else, right? When you get up in the morning and you get ready to go to work, there are things that you act 
actively do to evidence that you are getting ready to go to work because you know these things have to take place in order for you to get to work. So you get up, you get yourself dressed, you may eat breakfast, you may have a morning workout, whatever it is, it's a part of that routine. You prepare for it, you actively do it because the end result is you know that these things will help you to get to work and there are things that you have to do to get to work. You don't wake up in the morning and contemplate going to work. Well, some of us might contemplate going to work, but most of us don't stay in a place of contemplation. We make the decision to go ahead and get out of bed and go to work. So the minute you come out of that contemplation phase, you are actively preparing to go to work, understanding that work is the end result of the preparation. Going back to what I said about weaving in faith into the whole concept of the difference between contemplating something versus manifesting it. Now that we understand that contemplation is nothing more than just that, a space of thinking and reflection, we move to preparation, which is where we begin to actively put into play whatever it is that we've thought about, whatever it is that we may actually have heard. If God has given us an instruction, we begin to prepare. If God told you, I am going to make you a millionaire. I'm just using this as an example. You hold on to that word. And so you hear it, you receive it, you process it, and then you begin to prepare for it. How do you prepare for it? I mean, I don't know. You might take a class on banking. You might take uh, a course on taxes and learning the tax implications of being a millionaire. You might begin to write out and actively seek God out on how he wants you to best utilize the money. Come up with a business plan. Whatever it is, anything that looks as though it's a form of action in response to what he told you evidences your ability or willingness to prepare for what he has said. You're not just sitting on it, thinking about it. You're doing your part in terms of demonstrating your faith in him and what he told you by actively doing things that would suggest or imply that you are actively preparing to receive the word that he has given you. And so once we begin to actively prepare, we're doing things that evidence that we are not in a state of contemplation. We're not sitting in a place of complacency. We're no longer thinking about what we believe God may have told us to do, what we believe we should be doing. We are actively moving forward in it. We are evidencing our faith at that point, right? We're preparing to receive whatever it is we may believe that God has told us to do or whatever it is that we think we should do or whatever it is we feel we are being led to do. And so this then, in my opinion, slowly starts to move us along the pathway to manifestation. Now, when I think about the term manifestation, what I think about is a whole idea of something that was theoretical at first becoming real. And so evidence of manifestation to me means the word of God meets the plan of God. So by that, I mean, In other words, what God has actually told you, has said to you, has given you whatever word, whatever thought has given you, it actually becomes demonstrative in real time. It's no longer theoretical. It's no longer a thought in your head. It has actually manifested. You are actually seeing what he said. That to me is the evidence of manifestation. That to me is the indication that you have arrived at whatever it is that God told you he was going to do or told you was going to happen. For example, 
If you remember when God told Abraham that his descendants would possess the land of Canaan, I just want you to think about Abraham is an awesome example of faith. We all know that. But just for a minute, I just want you to think about the word that God gave Abraham concerning his descendants and the land that his descendants would possess, that they would inherit. That word became demonstrative in real time. It manifested itself when Joshua later entered the land that God had shown Abraham leading the Israelites and he took possession of that land. So the manifestation of what God had told Abraham came to pass through Joshua. But I want you to think about the time frame between when God gave the word to Abraham and when manifestation took place through Joshua. Think about all of the experiences that had to transpire, right? But even more than that, think about the level of consistent belief that was necessary in order to effectuate manifestation. And I also want you to think about when you're thinking about the level of belief that was necessary to effectuate manifestation, the penalty for those who did not believe at the time that Joshua actually entered into the land. The penalty for those who may have been on the sojourn to the promised land, but never laid eyes on it because of their faith or lack of faith thereof in the belief that it would actually manifest and come to pass, right? So when Joshua entered into the land and took possession of the land, that is the manifestation of the word of God. That is the demonstrative real-time evidence of something that was purely spoken into the spirit by someone who preceded Joshua however many years before. And I don't want to even get into trying to quantify that right now. But nevertheless, what I will say just to reiterate and to drive home is the whole idea that even in the effectuation of manifestation, what had to remain and what had to be consistent was a level of faith and belief that God would assuredly do specifically what he said he would do. And so to that end, what I just want you to think about is that I honestly believe that a lot of people stay stuck unintentionally in the space of contemplation because they do not possess the requisite level of faith in order to move out of thinking about it to preparing about it and believing in it until God demonstratively brings it to real time and you actually see it happen. And it's unfortunate because I truly believe that God has given out a lot of word to a lot of believers who have not yet activated their faith in such a way to bring into fruition the promise or the word that God has given them. And they don't understand or may not even realize that they're in a place of stagnation because they actually believe that the thinking on it is sufficient. And where I'm here to tell you that it's more than just the thinking, it's the act of faithing, it's the doing of things to support your belief that it is actually going to occur and that God is going to do exactly what it is that he told you that he was going to do. And so... As I close, I'd like to leave you with this tidbit to chew on. The proximity to God will always be rooted in your faith and belief in Him. We cannot achieve manifestation without a demonstration of faith. That's it for this episode. 
God bless you. Keep believing, keep hoping, and most importantly, keep seeking. Thank you for listening to the Ruth Speaks podcast. Join us weekly as we continue to seek after God. If you'd like to fellowship more, please visit our website at www.ruthspeaks.org. Remember, to reverence God is to rest in Him. This program was produced by At The Helm Productions. 